Welcome everyone to Toxic Podcast. I am Alejandro Collini. This is my podcast that I host alone. I wouldn't wish it on anyone else. Where I watch horror movies, crap media, shitty sitcoms, uh, fantasy properties. We're, we're bringing in, we're ringing in the podcast with the, the dulcet tones of my favorite band, Hoobastank. And I think, I don't know if you've caught the theme, the theme of this song, namely, hello and goodbye. But today we're talking about a very relevant topic, namely, the bye-bye man. So this is Toxic Podcast. I'm Alejandro Collini. I already said it. Welcome. I uh, thought we'd play the best band in the world to start. Um, you know, that's, I, <laughs> I know a guy who is like a musician who idolizes the Beatles. And, you know, if you want to idolize the Beatles, that's your problem. That's fine. I'm, I'm, I, it's fine. But he was like posting online about how Taylor Swift is so dumb. And he was like, Taylor Swift, in her new album, Shake It Off, in her new song, Shake It Off, Taylor Swift has a lyric that's like, and the baker's gonna bake, 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 bake. How stupid is that? And I remember being like, your fucking favorite band did Hello, Goodbye, fucking You Say Yes, I Say No, You Say Stop, I Say Go, Go, Go. This is like, it sounds like a children's song. It's, you know, so many of the Beatles songs are children's songs. It's fine. Um, This is not a good way to start. I'm being negative. My friends in college, I was part of a gang of, of uh, intellectual boys in college who, uh, you know, smoked cigarettes and talked about ideas all day and had complicated, uh, <laughs> complicated underlying romantic feelings for one another that were uh, sublimated through uh, constant fighting. But uh, my friends, they developed a habit whenever I would say something negative, they'd all go, negative. And eventually it was one of those things, I don't know if you've ever had this experience where like one of the friend group is like, hey guys, I know you found something fun like to rib me with, but you have to stop because I'm really serious. Like no more. Like I did that. <laughs> that was like my friend from high school who we all called the crab because um, he was a big fucking crab. And then he, well, first of all, he blamed me for naming him the crab. I did not name him the crab. It was his best friends who named him the crab. But he just couldn't stand to be mad at his best friends. But um, he, too, one day sat everyone down and was like, no more crab. I'm not the crab anymore. I refuse. Um, Je crab. Um, Damn. All right. Well, so it's not another Star Trek episode. It's not a Star Trek episode this week. I think I've wrung my brilliant brain dry of brilliance, RE Star Trek. Or at least, you know, I'm bogged down in Enterprise right now. Enterprise is a real hell of a show. Because at the beginning, it's like, okay, so this is like not great Star Trek. And every episode is a nostalgia fest because it's like, here's the episode where the Ferengi shows up. Here's the episode where the Klingons show up. Here's the episode with Andorians. You know, here's the episode where they go to a Vulcan monastery. Um... And they're just, like, retreading everything that you already know from Star Trek. There's also, oh, my God. He he says there's this thing in Star Trek called the Prime Directive. I think I've mentioned it, that, like, you're not allowed to interfere with alien species if they're not at a certain level of development. Like, if they haven't reached warp capability, you're not allowed to, like, make first contact with them. You have to not interfere with their society. And in... Enterprise, the Prime Directive doesn't exist yet. But at one point, Scott Bakula, who plays Captain Archer, goes like, you know, one day... Maybe the powers that be will make some sort of directive. 
to say what we should and shouldn't do out here. He literally says, maybe they'll make a directive. Fucking Jesus Christ. I'm so sick of, you know, it's such, I mean, it's such a, everyone said it before, but like, that's one of the worst things in prequels where it's like, um, what's, uh, what, what happens in a, in a prequel? There's like, there's just like when characters say things, they're like, I'll never do that. And you know that in the fucking, the chronological next movie, they do do exactly that, whatever. So uh, Enterprise, it starts off as this sort of show where you're uh, watching them retread Star Trek stuff. And then the show starts to flail because they, uh, you know, they they weren't doing well. And so they start adding lots of action to every episode. So every episode becomes this space battle and people are shooting phasers at one another and people are dying of, of uh, alien diseases. It's very rare that you get like a regular level start because Star Trek isn't about alien battles and people fighting in the Vulcan desert. Star Trek is about complicated moral harangues while wearing prostheses. Like it's about dressing up in a in a in a like in a in a garish costume and putting some ridges on your forehead and being like, what is human rights? You know, <laughs> um, and start. Well, that's, you know, that's my problem with discovery is that, like, I think it's a little more of an, you know, there's in the in the early to mid 2000s, you know, motivated sort of by Buffy the Vampire Slayer, actually. There's this new wave of the way that they make television. And that's the model that like Smallville and. uh uh, da, 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 all those CW shows, the the Flash and the Arrow and all that stuff, those are all made in that model where there's like a gang that accrues over time and it, it grows in size and there's, some people start as villains and become good guys and some people start as good guys and become villains. And um, Star Trek is sort of, Enterprise rather, is sort of tipping into the early era of that and in a way that I don't particularly like. And I don't have anything super interesting to say about it, except that, except the super interesting stuff I just said. Um, but next is Discovery for me, and then, of course, I'm going to watch Picard. I'm not going to watch Lower Decks, that cartoon show. I'm really not... I'm bummed out about Lower Decks. You know, Star Trek... Have some dignity, Star Trek. You're ruining my childhood. My childhood of when I watched 28... When I watched Star Trek when I was 28 years old, my early childhood of 28... Of course, now I'm in my mid-childhood of 32. Um, God, that's depressing. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, this was supposed to be the good... Uh, I've already recorded a Bye Bye Man episode, and this is supposed to be the good Bye Bye Man episode. I shouldn't pull back the curtain like that. You should think that everything I'm saying is, like, fresh and and, and clean. <laughs> fresh and clean. Um, yeah, so we're talking... Look, we're talking about the Bye Bye Man. The Bye Bye Man... I did not realize this. He is different and distinct from the Slender Man. I thought, and this is real dumb stuff on my part, but I thought that the Bye Bye Man, like, just didn't have the rights to the Slender... Like, maybe, like, Warner Brothers owned the Slender Man or something. I don't think anyone owns the Slender Man. I think the Slender Man is, like, an internet meme that has become associated with real murders. And so it's probably not, you know, it's probably not something that you really... I mean, I bet there, I bet there's Slender Man movies. I to, hang on a second. You know what? I'm literally sitting facing a computer. Hang on. Slender Man movie. Slender Man 2018. Maybe I should have watched this instead of the Bye Bye Man. 
Warning, this move this contains massive spoilers. My review to this movie is really mixed. I don't hate it, but I don't really like it. The idea of it was really great and definitely a good summary on Slenderman's character because not a lot of people know much about it. I'm not reading all the rest of this. Okay. They go online to try to conjure up Slenderman. Two weeks later, Katie mysteriously disappears. So they did make a Slenderman movie. They didn't think it was tasteless. Holy shit! Well, I feel downright bummed. I feel I feel cheated by the Bye Bye Man. I watched the Bye Bye Man thinking it was the Slender Man movie. And over the course of the movie, I realized it was just some crap movie about this guy, the Bye Bye Man. I can't believe it. Slender Man has his own movie. Well, I guess my next episode will be the Slender Man movie. <laughs> so the Bye Bye Man, who now feels, you know, almost incidental... Uh, the Bye Bye Man is a 2017 horror movie. It came out the year before the Slender Man movie. And it's based on a 2005 short story. So it has about the same time. Like, it, it, it originates from the same era as the Slender Man. Namely, this, like, early internet, like... Yeah, this early internet era of, like, this, the scary internet. The dark internet. Like, people wearing Invader Zim t-shirts and, like... Talking about, I once went on, oh my god, I'm, I'm so sorry to name check Invader Zim t-shirts, I'm such an Invader Zim hater, but, I'm an Invader Zim, um, but this, I once went online and I went and I looked up all these like internet rituals that you can do to summon like internet demons, and they're really, I mean, it's really complicated because on the one hand, you're oh, maybe I should save this for the Slenderman episode, on the one hand, it says, like, okay, here's exactly what you need to do to summon the demon. But then on the other hand, it's like, don't summon this demon. Seriously, this demon is going to come. He's going to rip you up. He's going to destroy you. He's going to eat your family. There's no reason to summon him. But here is step one, two, three through seven of summoning this demon. Here are all the ingredients you'll need to summon the demon. Here is exactly the steps that you'll need to take in the directions that you'll need to walk in your apartment in order to summon this demon. So it's great. Um, and I've never tried it. I kind of wanted to. Maybe I'll summon a demon now. I want, well, I've got some things that I could get a demon to do. That's what I, that's in part of in my novel. <laughs> a character summons a demon and assigns them a task um, in my novel. What a cute guy I am. All right. All right. All right. So is it time to start talking about the Bye Bye Man? This shitty Bye Bye Man. I can't believe there's a Slender Man movie. God damn it. <laughs> All right, so the Bye Bye Man starts with this guy getting out of his car and getting a rifle and going into his house. And he says to his wife, who did you say the name to? Who else did you say the name to? And she's like, honey, put the rifle down. Please don't, please. And she's like, I only told Rick. And then he shoots her. And then he goes up to Rick. And Rick is uh, crawling across the floor. Rick is wheelchair bound. And so he can't run away. And... He's like, Rick, who did you say the name to? He's like, don't say it. Don't think it. Don't say it. Don't think it. Who did you say the name to? And Rick is like, look, I only said the name to Janice. And so he shoots Rick and he walks across the street where, where Janice is. And Janice is running away from him and he's got the rifle and he's saying, don't say it. Don't think it. And he walks into the house and then the sequence ends. You hear gunshots in the house. And then it cuts to the next scene where three college students, Elliot, Sasha, and John, 
Elliot and John are best friends, and Elliot and Sasha are dating. And they are moving off campus to their first off-campus house. They go to this creepy old house, and they're walking around the house, kind of being creeped out by the oldness and emptiness of it. And then there's this little montage of them getting the house together, and then they have a housewarming party on their first night. And Elliot's older brother comes over. He's this kind of... he plays. He's played an older brother in, like, every movie I've ever seen. Um, but I don't know what his name is. But he comes over, and he has a young daughter... And so she's at the party, and so they're having a party, and there's, it's like a it's like a young person's party. There's like it's like nineteen to twenty five year olds there, but there's also a little girl walking around. Like so, people are playing beer pong and drinking out of solo cups, and there's a little girl just like wandering around alone at this party, like you do with a child. You take them to a party, you leave them alone. <laughs> I don't know if I should say this. I'll I'll say it. I'm it's the it's the re episode. I'm trying to flesh it out. I'm trying to make things uh, explosive. <laughs> uh, I was once in a relationship with a woman whose parents took her to a garden party and lost track of her, and she nearly froze to death. Um, and it's a good well. It's a very good thing that she didn't freeze to death. And uh, maybe again, maybe it's not my place to be telling you that. But you know, parents take kids to parties and then leave them alone. It's a thing. Um, so this little girl is walking around the party and she goes uh, upstairs and she finds this nightstand and she hears like the tinkling of a coin and she finds a coin on the ground. She puts the coin on top of the nightstand. She turns to walk away, but then she hears the tinkling of the coin and the coin is on the ground again. So this is like the first spooky thing that you're getting in the movie is this coin on the ground, this nefarious coin. So she puts the coin back on the nightstand. And she goes downstairs, and the party ends, and Elliot and his brother are like, oh, I'm so glad to see you. It's so great that you're doing so well, buddy. Come on, call me if you need anything. And the daughter and the brother and his wife leave, and uh, Elliot goes upstairs, and now he finds the same coin on the floor, and he puts it on the nightstand, and it tinkles and disappears. And he opens the nightstand looking for the coin, and he doesn't find it, but he finds that the nightstand is sort of coated with this paper, and on the paper is written, don't say it, don't think it, don't say it, don't think it. And he pulls up the paper, and behind the paper is written, The Bye-Bye Man. Which I think is really, you know, like, if we're thinking about, because someone wrote, don't say it, don't think it on that paper, because they don't want you to say it or think it. But then they also wrote The Bye-Bye Man in the drawer, because that's exactly the thing you're not supposed to say or think. So he, now he's read this, he doesn't tell anyone what he's read, but Sasha... Um, she believes that the house has bad vibes. And so her goth friend, Kim, has come over with some sage. And she's walking around the house burning sage. And Elliot is being like an asshole skeptic about it. You know, there's like, there's an episode of Friends like this where... <laughs> I actually don't know how I feel about it. It's the episode where Phoebe doesn't believe in evolution. And she's not like a creationist. She's just kind of like, eh, I don't know, I don't buy it. I mean, you know, millions of years, slight evolutionary changes accumulating over time. It's just, eh, it sounds far-fetched. And Ross, who's a paleontologist or whatever, he's like uh, incensed by this. And he spends the entire episode like yelling at her and haranguing her and like bringing her like handouts and evidence that prove evolution is real. And at the end of it, she's basically, and the sort of lesson of the episode is like, Ross, let people think what they think. Like... Why you got to be an asshole about this? Which is so weird because I'm because like I'm because I'm like sure Ross is being an asshole about this, but also like evolution. Not believing in evolution is a big deal. And if you're like in a community of people who all be- I, I don't know. I mean, like I think you should be able to assert uh, assert peer pressure over someone who doesn't believe in evolution. If everyone like if you're in some sort of 
heavily Christian community and you're one of the few people who believes in evolution, maybe you can't go around picking that fight. But if, maybe this is a shitty thing I'm saying. But if like your one friend in New York City doesn't believe in evolution, you've got to correct that, man. But I don't know whose side I'm on. Because what I'm saying is that Elliot is being a dick. He's like, I don't believe that you're psychic. And she's like, well, I'm not psychic. I'm just sensitive to things. And the so Elliot's like, well, prove it to me. And so the goth girl, Kim, she has a seance with everyone. Elliot, John, Kim, and Sasha all go up to, like, the attic. And they light candles and they hold hands. And now Kim starts saying things to Elliot about his life. She's like, I know that your parents died in a car crash. And Elliot's like, one of you told him, told her. And they're like, no, we didn't say anything. She's like, your parents are here right now. They're really worried about you, which I like. And she's like, your brother is also worried about you. And she starts saying this like kind of like personal stuff. And Elliot's like, hey, come on. You can't fucking say that to me. That's not, it's really not cool. Like, whatever. You spoke to my brother. Like, don't make this stuff up. And she's like, I'm not making it up. And so finally, he goes into the other room. This is his final test, is he... He hides some keys. He goes into the kitchen and he puts some keys in a pot. And then he goes back to the other room and he sits down and he's like, what did I hide and where did I hide it? And now Kim starts to get nervous. And she's like, you know what? I don't really like this. I think we should stop. And he's like, oh, you can't say you don't know. You don't know, do you? And she's like, fine. You hid some keys in a pot. Oh, no. I hope they don't do construction while I'm trying to podcast. Um, and so she's like, you hid some keys in a pot. And then she's like, something's coming. We need to stop. Something's coming. Don't say it. Don't think it. Don't say it. Don't think it. Don't say it. Don't think it. She starts like screaming. Don't say it. Don't think it. And John goes, what are we not supposed to say or think? And Elliot just goes, the bye-bye man, which is okay. And all the lights go out and Kim collapses and everyone freaks out. And like, why did you fucking say it, dude? You like... It's literally, you found it with a paper that says, don't say it, don't think it. It's, you know, and you're just like, the bye-bye man. So later on, Elliot and Sasha are in bed together. And Elliot thinks he sees something in the room. So he turns on the light. Fuck, fuck. All right, I'm back. Um, So later on that night, Elliot and Sasha are asleep in their room. And Elliot thinks he sees something in the room. So he turns on the light. And Sasha kind of groggily wakes up. She's like, what is it? And he's like, nothing, nothing. I thought I saw something. She's like, okay, good night. I love you, John. Which John is the name of the other guy. It's the name of the friend. And Elliot goes, Sasha, are you you joking? Sasha? But she's asleep. And then he hears another sound in the house. And so he gets up and looks around. He's like walking around looking for the source of this insect shivering sound. Finally, Sasha realizes that he's gone. She gets up and looks to find him. And the two of them stand looking out a window. This is such a not scary sequence. But they stand looking out a window and just sort of looking into the darkness as this like weird sound sounds. And then it cuts to the next morning where John is driving Kim, the goth girl, home and apologizing to her for not being able to perform the previous night. And he's like, look, this never happens to me. Which I really like. And she's like, you know what? This never happens to me either. Which I don't even... That's it's so funny that they both say this never happens to me. But then she's like, look, my roommate's not home. If you want, you can come in and we could try again. Like, it's no shame. You know, like, we could just try again. And he looks at her and maggots start crawling out of her eye. And he's like, ugh! And she's like, what? And then they go away. And he's like, nothing. I, I gotta go. I gotta go. So he drives away. 
And he goes back home where Elliot has found these like scratches on the bricks outside the house. And he's convinced that the scratches have something to do with the noise. And Elliot in the scene is wearing a dead Kennedy's shirt, which is infuriating to me. I'm so sad starting to see the dead Kennedys pop up in like popular media. Um, you know, there was like there was this legal battle between the dead Kennedys, between Jello Biafra and the other dead Kennedys. And there were two legal battles. One of them was because Jello Biafra was embezzling money from the dead Kennedys, which is like a pretty cut and dry uh, issue. But the other one was because the dead Kennedys wanted to use one of their songs in a commercial and Biafra was like staunchly opposed to it. And it really kind of drags me in two directions. Cause like, I love the dead Kennedys. They made some incredible music and they deserve to pay their bills. You know, like even, you know, if it means selling their songs to a commercial, like, they deserve to like live comfortably into their old age, I guess. But it also feels like so opposed to everything the dead Kennedys stand for, like not to be like a little 15 year old punk about this, but like you should not be hearing the dead Kennedys music in Halloween ends. You should not be seeing a dead Kennedy shirt on this guy in the bye bye man. The there, they should not be turned into another icon of culture. They're the dead Kennedys. But, um, so John comes home and he's like disgusted by his having touched this girl and he like is convinced that he needs to wash her off. And meanwhile, Sasha is like coughing more and more and Sasha is having visions of John trying to fuck her and Elliot is convinced that Sasha wants to fuck John. So the Bye Bye Man is doing something at this point that you see in a lot of ghost movies, which is like completely different things happening to all the characters and like it's all in service of the same sort of bad goal like sowing distrust between the characters but like john's got this thing where he's disgusted by this woman elliot's like racked with uh, jealousy and sasha is growing more and more ill and she's like increasingly incapacitated over the film so they've like you know so thus far the bye-bye man has not made an appearance thus far the scariest thing in this movie has been a nightstand and a fucking coin but so they're all sort of not happy in the house. Um, and Elliot calls his brother and begins to confide. He's he's jealous about uh, Sasha and John when he hears the sound again. And so he walks through the house and he's calling John and Sasha's name and they're not answering him and he can't find them anywhere. And finally, he goes down into the basement and the coin sound returns. He's like searching for the sound of the coin. And then there's a jump scare where some black clad figure chases him and he runs through the basement and runs up to the door of the basement. And there's John and Sasha. And they're like, where have you been? And he's like, where have you been? I was calling your names. Where were you? What were you doing? And they're like, we weren't doing anything, man. We wouldn't do that to you. Like the jealousy like comes right out. And Elliot, like John is like comfortingly touching Sasha's shoulder. And Elliot's like, don't touch her. Don't touch her. And so Sasha and Elliot go up to jo to Elliot's room alone together. And Sasha's like, look, I have to show you something. And she takes out her notebook and she's been drawing all these sketches of like a hooded, scarred figure who we can presume to be the bye-bye man. And she's like, now, th and this is what's kind of weird about this turn. Because like, no one said anything about the bye-bye man after Elliot said the words bye-bye man. Not that we saw. No one discussed it. No one's discussed it thus far. But then they go up to the to the other room and Sasha's like, ever since we said the bye-bye man, it feels like he's coming for me. I can't stop drawing these bye-bye man portraits. And Elliot's like, look, the bye-bye man's not real. And they're saying... Again, don't say it, don't think it. They're saying the bye-bye man over and over and over. And she's like, well, what if the bye-bye man is real? And he's like, the bye-bye man's not real. And so Sasha's like, well, look, if he's not real, then it means we're all losing our minds at the same time, which is not a, a pleasant thing to think. 
And so that night in bed, Elliot hears the coin again, and he opens his eyes, and suddenly there's this, like, coat hanging on the wall that looks kind of like a figure. And suddenly the coat comes to life and becomes the bye-bye man, this huge black-clad cloaked hooded figure with a long pointed finger walking towards Elliot with his finger outstretched. And Elliot leaps out of bed and turns on the light and Sasha wakes up and the bye-bye man's gone. So the next day they go to campus and they, they split up and Elliot's like, look, I'm going to go to the library and I'm going to look this all up. You go talk to the landlord about the furniture, about the nightstand in the apartment, in the house. And so he goes to the library and he Googles the bye-bye man. He finds no results. But he Googles, don't say it, don't think it. And he finds this one result, which is this like old record that he has to enlist a librarian to help him get. He's got to put on like rubber gloves and go into the stacks. and He's got to open up this record. And what he finds is this one crumpled piece of paper that just says, don't say it, don't think it, don't say it, don't think it, don't say it, don't think it, over and over again. And the librarian helps him research the person who put in the record, who is this journalist named Larry something. And Larry is the guy from the flashbacks that we saw earlier. He was working on a murder case. A teenager killed his family and said, the bye-bye man made me do it. And Larry was working on this case. And then one day he went crazy and he murdered like eight of his family members and friends. And the librarian, who suddenly the librarian has become like incredibly invested in this uh, story. Um, She's like... Oh, it, it looks like someone is trying to erase the bye-bye man from existence. And what you've got there is the last record of him. And so he's like, okay, uh, thank you for your help, librarian. And so she goes away for a little while. And then Elliot is starts, well, okay. So over at the, at the florist shop, the landlord is this old florist named Mr. Daisy. And um, the Sasha goes up to him and is like, I need to talk to you about your house. It's awful. It's so horrible. Like, imagine if you were... And fuck landlords, obviously. But imagine if someone just came up to you and was like, I just need to talk to you about your house. It's horrible. Like, it's not like, hey, like, the walls are cracked and the piping doesn't work and there's, like, toxic mold. It's just like, it's such a horrible place. Um, And so Mr. Daisy, understandably, is like, well, I'm sorry you feel that way, but you guys signed a lease. And she's like... Did you know anything? Where did the furniture come from? There's a nightstand in the house that I need to ask you about. And he's like, I don't know anything about a nightstand. So back at the library, Elliot is sitting with this document that says, don't say it, don't think it. And the bye-bye man finally starts making appearances. There he is, clad in black, played by uh, Abe Sapien himself. Um, What's his name? Doug Adams, right? Um, But he's... Uh, hooded, and he's got scars on his face. He's kind of got like Joker scars, like a smile scar. It's a not a. It's not the scariest design for the Bye Bye Man, um, but the Bye Bye Man is appearing at one table, and then a closer table, and then a closer table, and then he's right in front of Elliot, and then the librarian appears, and the Bye Bye Man disappears, and the librarian's like, "What the fuck have you done? You've defaced a." an artifact because it turns out this document that he has he's been scratching out all the words bye bye man and scratching out all the don't say it don't think it's he's been defacing this document while he's been having this hallucination of the bye bye man okay so meanwhile while he was zoning out he's missed his meetup time with sasha and um 
Oh, wait, you know what? I should tell you about the flashback. So we see more flashback to the opening sequence. We see Larry inside the house murdering the rest of his family. And then at the end, the bye-bye man comes for him. And the bye-bye man, again, not a scary guy, just a very tall man in a hooded cloak. And he's got this ugly CGI dog with him that looks kind of like a hog. It's the CGI dog that, like, eats the dead people. And the dog, people keep saying, the hound comes for you first. You know that he's coming when the hound comes. <laughs> this hound never really gets paid off. It's just like a looming CGI figure. Um, it looks kind of like the Chatterer's dog. There's this Hellraiser sequel that where they give the Chatterer a dog. And it's got that chattering mouth, but it's a dog running around and chattering. Um, or maybe I'm thinking of the Xenomorph dog from a, an Alien sequel. I don't know. Um, but so, he... El, uh, or rather, Larry, the guy who's just murdered his family, when the bye-bye man comes for him, he drinks drain cleaner so that he dies. He dies spitting up blood so that the bye-bye man can't get him. Because apparently, being gotten by the bye-bye man is a fate worse than death. Although, no one ever explains this, explains why. We never see the bye-bye man get anyone. We only see people escaping the bye-bye man through suicide. Um, which is like... I want to know, you know, I want to see the bye-bye man get someone. I want to know what this fate worse than death is. I want to know what's so bad that everyone is, because, you know, it just can, it just kind of seems like the bye-bye man, like, drives you kind of crazy, and then you kill everyone you know. Like, because everything that's happening is increasingly, like, hallucinations. Like, Elliot leaves uh, the library. He's late to meet Sasha, and he sees Sasha and John hugging and kissing across the street and getting into John's car. And then he's looking at a window, and then the window cracks, and the bye-bye man's face appears in the window. So it's clearly like, okay, so I'm seeing things now. Um, so Elliot now goes to Kim, uh, the goth girl, and goes, hey, listen, you were right, magic is real. <laughs> Some Again, imagine someone knocking on your door. Hey, you were right, magic is real. Um, I, I, I got to talk to you. We got to do another seance. So Kim's like, okay, on the other side of the door. And then we see her washing blood off of her hands. So this is where the movie gets really cool, in my opinion. Um, so she gets into the car and she starts talking about the bye-bye man. Suddenly she's like a bye-bye manologist. She's like, you can't help thinking about him. And the more you think about him, the closer he gets. How does she know this? She's like, this could spread everywhere. The only way we can stop is if we cut it out. Who else did you tell? Who do we need to, who do we need to cut out? And he glances at her bag and he sees what looks like a hammer. And she's like, so who else did you tell? And then she is possessed with this conviction that she sees a crashed car with a dying family in it on the side of the road. And she's like, pull over, pull over, pull over. And Elliot pulls over and is like, what? What is it? And she gets out and starts running to this crashed car, which is sitting uh, next to some train tracks. And Elliot sees the train coming and no car, but she's running towards this car. And so he gets out of the car, still holding the hammer, running to save her. And she runs in front of a train and is unceremoniously hit by a train. Uh, that is how, how Kim the goth girl dies. They just introduced, and this is like, they just introduced this idea that she's going to try to kill everyone. And then she just dies. Whatever. So... Later that night, the scene is now a crime scene, and Elliot has hung around at the crime scene to be, like, interrogated by police and all of that, and his friends show up, and they have a big fight over whether or not to say the bye-bye man. Elliot's like, you can't say it, and John's like, it's not a big deal, it's not dangerous, and Elliot's like, you have to promise you won't say it, and they get into, like, a physical fight, and then, who should show up but Trinity from the Matrix? Um, that's right, Carrie Ann Moss is in this movie, um... 
and she plays a cop and she's like, what the fuck are you guys arguing about? And Elliot's like, I can't tell you. I can't tell you. And so John and Sasha go off back to the house and Elliot gets taken to an interrogation room. And now here the movie makes this switch where Carrie Ann Moss, Trinity from The Matrix, is trying to get Elliot to tell her what happened because she's like, look. The train driver saw you running towards Kim with a hammer. He thinks that you were trying to kill her. But we also have this evidence where Kim's roommate is dead, also with a hammer. And Kim left a suicide note where she takes responsibility for not only Kim's death, but yours and your friends. So it seems like this girl was planning on killing you and your friends. I guess you found out first and you killed her first. That doesn't sound like murder to me. So if you're willing to tell me the truth, I can help you here. And Elliot's like, I can't tell you anything. And this is the switch, is that for half the movie, they're saying the bye-bye man like it's like Pepper, you know? They're just drizzling it over everything. That used to be my experience. <laughs> Again, I, I dated a woman who loved Pepper. And when I, when I was trying to convey that she was doing something a lot, I'd be like, you're doing this like it's like Pepper. <laughs> oh man i just am awful um all right so they're saying the bye-bye man like it's pepper and then there's this switch suddenly where not only can they not say the bye-bye man but elliot believes that he can't even explain what's going on like he could say look we're having this seemingly occult experience where we said these three words and now bad things are happening. And it seems like everyone who says the, who hears the words goes insane and starts killing people. And I, that's why I can't say the words to you. You know, I, but instead he's just like, I can't tell you. I can't tell you. You'll be in danger if I tell you, which sounds like a fucking threat. Like you're talking to a cop. You're, he literally says to this cop, do you have kids? Your kids will be in danger if I tell you, which like I cannot believe the cop lets him go after that. But she does let him go. His brother comes and picks him up. And his older brother is like a super older brother. And he too is like, what's going on? And Elliot's just like, I can't tell you. I can't tell you. I can't tell anyone. Again, you could tell people. You could just not say the bye-bye man. But fine. So he goes back home and he walks in on John and Sasha fucking. They're naked and they're totally fucking. And he hits John with a bat, which in my opinion is not an appropriate response to catching your friend and your girlfriend fucking. It's still, it's really bad, but you shouldn't hit someone with a bat no matter what. But, and that's just me. Um, uh, <laughs> so, as soon as he hits John with the bat, he sees that John is wearing clothes, and so is Sasha, and she's actually asleep on the bed. They weren't fucking at all. So John is, like, very apologetic, or Elliot is very apologetic, and he drags John to a chair and props him up and is like... Um, look, Sasha, I got to fix some things. Um, the librarian now calls because the librarian and John or Elliot, they, they have each other's numbers. They're like friends. So the librarian calls and she's like, Hey, Elliot, uh, I was hoping we could get together and talk about the bye-bye man. Cause I've been having some really strange feelings. And Elliot's like, yeah, I guess we can get together just a little bit later. And she's like, okay, I'll come and meet you at your house. And then the camera pans down and there's the bodies of her family sitting there and she's murdered them. She's holding a knife. So the librarian is like way ahead of the game. She's already figured out that she needs to kill everyone and she's on a path to killing people. So again, the librarian, a very exciting thread. But instead of following this librarian thread, um, he goes 
first he takes the nightstand, the haunted nightstand that says the bye-bye man in it, and he throws the nightstand into the woods. And then he drives to Mrs. Redmond's house. It's Larry Redmond. That's who it is. So Larry Redmond is this reporter who killed eight members of his family and friends, but he didn't kill his wife. And if he didn't kill his wife, I don't know why they didn't go to her earlier in the movie. I'm not sure why they didn't go to her earlier, but I guess, you know, they're putting together the pieces slowly and they just figured out that she exists maybe. But so they go to Mrs. Redmond's house. She's played by Faye Dunaway, um, who's a big deal, I understand. And Elliot is like, how did you survive the, how did you survive? And she's like, well, he never said the words to me. Um, If he'd said the words to me, he would have killed me, but he didn't say the words to me. And at this point, Elliot's like, he has the worst revelation ever. He has my least favorite revelation, which is that if you're not afraid of the bye-bye man, he can't hurt you. So he starts having this hallucination that Faye Dunaway is on fire. And she's like, please kill me. Please shoot me. And he's like, it's not real. It's not real. It's not real. And then it comes back to reality. And he's like, I figured it out. If we're not afraid of the bye-bye man, he can't hurt us. Which is like such fucking children's movie bullshit. I cannot believe that that is where this movie lands after an hour and a half of this not scary guy kind of creeping around. But so he drives back to the house. Um... And this, first of all, this sort of posits that all spree killers are motivated by the bye-bye man. Like, one guy says, you know, when people, when a guy goes into a school and shoots up a bunch of kids, that's because of the bye-bye man. Which, like, it's, you know, this movie takes place in the the age of the shooter. You know, it, it, shootings happening over and over, week to week. You'd think that they wouldn't make such a bold claim that all these people were motivated by the bye-bye man. Um, I think that's a little too, like, touching reality for my taste, but fine. Um, So John is driving back to the house to tell his friend and girlfriend that they take away the bye-bye man's power by not being afraid of him. And he sees John in the road, and he's like, it's a hallucination, and he drives through it. And then he sees the librarian in the road, and he plows into her, and she's holding a knife, but he got her first. And he sees her by the side of the road, dead. And he goes, wow, I guess she was trying to kill me. And then he continues on. So the librarian, again, like the goth girl, Kim, this thread of like this woman trying to kill everyone gets introduced and then immediately cut down when it's the most interesting thing in the movie thus far. All right. So back at the house, Sasha and John are having competing visions of one another. Um, uh, Sasha, she sees John as Elliot and Elliot is rejecting her. And John sees Sasha as Kim, who is grotesquely mutilated and bloodied. And Kim is trying to touch and accost John. And so John is fleeing Sasha. And Sasha is like, why are you running away from me, Elliot? So finally, Elliot gets to the house and runs in just as it appears that John is stabbing Sasha with a scissors. Elliot grabs a rifle, shoots John, but John immediately turns into Sasha. It turns out he's murdered Sasha just as Sasha was murdering the real John. So now both his friends are dead and the bye-bye man comes for him. The bye-bye man, he arrives with his robe or perhaps hoodie with his sort of Voldemort attitude. He does look a lot like Voldemort and he starts touching Elliot on the forehead. And as he's touching Elliot on, a fo- on the forehead with his index finger, we see an index finger touching a doorbell. And the doorbell rings and Elliot's brother is at the door. 
And Elliot runs to the door, and the bye bye man is kind of following through him through the house slowly. And <clears throat> he takes off his hood so you can see his face that would be scary to children. Um, and Elliot is st- sitting by the door, and he's going, "Go away, go away! I can't tell you what's happening. It's the bye. I can't tell you what's happening. I can't. It's the bye bye. Can I? I?" He can't. He keeps almost saying it. Um, but eventually. The bye-bye man gets so close to Elliot that Elliot shoots himself on the other side of the door and the brother sees all the blood splatter and uh, that's the end of the movie. Uh, And at the end of the movie, there's this like lead cop who's mad at Trinity and he's like, you're telling me that this kid killed one girl, her roommate, a librarian, the librarian's family, his own friend, his own girlfriend that killed himself and you had him in custody earlier today and you let him go. And Trinity's like, I don't know what to tell you. I'm telling you, this is a little bigger. There's some sort of spooky thing going on here. Um, And then at the end of the movie, the brother and his daughter are driving away from the house and the daughter is like, look, I found these coins in the nightstand. If something was written in the nightstand and uh, the dad goes, what did it say in the nightstand? And the daughter goes, you know I can't read in the dark. And so that's the end. She doesn't say the bye-bye man at night at the end, um, which I think I, I, I see no reason. not. I mean, I guess it's a little girl. You don't want to think of a little girl getting murdered by the bye-bye man. But the bye-bye man doesn't kill anyone. The bye-bye man is innocent. The bye-bye man, <laughs> bye-bye man, innocent. Um, yeah, he doesn't actually kill anyone. They just He just drives them crazy and they all kill each other, which is sort of disappointing I don't know. I hope that for, personally, I hope the Slender Man movie has more slender killings. All right, that's all. Happy holidays, everyone. Take care of yourselves. Uh, it's the season of giving.